Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought with me, Doug Hagan. Did you know that math, because it demands you get a right answer, is racist? You know that intelligent is just a white man's mythology? And that calling a woman or girl smart is sexist? Also, why can't the FBI get background checks right? And Maryland has more gun control. They have more than they need, but they have more that's just going to hurt parental rights and do not one damn thing to stop violent felons. Here we go again, folks. podcast to the left anyway. Let's start off with a story by Wyatt Eichholz, who is the Alabama campus correspondent for Campus Reform, who's which is a great website. If you want to know what kind of nuttiness goes on our, on our universities, uh, read Campus Reform. It is mind-boggling how idiotic the left is and how cowardly uh, the faculty is and basically how much of a scam college is anymore. An Oregon Department of Education newsletter from February promoted an online course designed to dismantle instances of white supremacy culture in the mathematics classroom. One example of white supremacy highlighted by the course was the concept of mathematics being purely objective Heaven forbid anything should be anything but subjective and based on nothing but feelings and emotions and a lot of butt hurt. An idea which the resource stated is unequivocally false. So <laughs> it's unequivoc- unequivocally false somehow that math is objective. Okay, three times three is nine. There's nothing racist or sexist or anything, nothing religious about it. It's three times three. Three times three is what? Three plus three plus three is nine. The program, program, excuse me, the program known as a pathway to equitable math instruction describes itself as an integrated approach to mathematics centers, black, Latinx, and multilingual students that provides opportunities for ongoing self-reflection as they seek to develop an anti-racist math practice. There's nothing racist about math. Math is math. Okay? If you have a dozen eggs, which is 12, God, what a racist I am, for saying such a thing, and you drop the carton and you break six of those eggs, how many eggs do you have left? 
6. 12 minus 6 is 6. But again, that makes me racist for even pointing that out. And we're using college campus time. Kids, students at college, at universities, are paying way too much money than they should be paying. And they're being taught complete and utter BS. Complete and utter nonsensical garble. That some knuckle-dragging, paste-eating, glue-huffing idiot came up with. Uh, the feedback advisors for a portion of the program include William Zahner, who is an associate professor at San Diego State University, uh, Melissa Navarro-Martel, who is an assistant professor at, again, San Diego State University, and Elvira Armas, who is the director of programs and partnerships for the Center for Equity for English Learners at Loyola, Loyola Marymount University in California. If your title's that long, you shouldn't have a job. That job should not exist. And again, let me repeat the title of this Elvira uh, Armas. She's the Director of Programs and Partnerships for the Center for Equity for English Learners at Loyola Marymount University in California, also known as Marxifornia because of crap like this. This is, I say it all the time on the blog, the Daily Gator blog, leftism destroys everything it touches. Everything. People's lives, liberty, common sense, reason, logic, the ability to debate, diversity, real diversity of thought and opinion. It destroys everything. It is, there's nothing good or positive about it. You might as well drink battery acid to try to stay healthy physically as send your child to these universities to learn this garbage, except for comic relief. But it's not funny because this thing, these things are being taken seriously. Students are going over their head in debt, tens and tens and tens, sometimes six figures in student loan debt to take these bullshit courses that don't teach them anything except to hate America, hate white people, hate men, hate straight people, hate this, hate that, hate everything, and to be so obsessed with their own identity that they can't function in society. Again, leftism destroys everything it touches. But there's more to the story. I have to include this. There's a guide uh, to this travesty of education. It reads like this white supremacy culture infiltrates math classrooms and everyday teacher's actions. When the teacher writes on the blackboard, oh, it's a blackboard and the chalk is most likely white. Get it? That's why hockey's racist, man. You got a black puck and, and white ice. Racism. Good Lord. The guide continues, coupled with the beliefs that underlie these actions, they perpetuate educational harm on black, Latinx, and multilingual students, denying them full access to the world of mathematics. What world of mathematics? You morons are trying to destroy it and eradicate it and render it completely meaningless in our society with your crock of garbage 
that somehow math is racist because it, it, it it's based on formulas to get the correct answer so people can function. They can balance their checkbooks. They can, I don't know, add things up on, on the spot in their head. Good Lord. This is where we're going. We're all going to be a bunch of knuckle-dragging uh, morons soon with college degrees that mean nothing. But they sure cost a lot. Man, the cost of being stupid is really high in just every way, isn't it? Especially intelligence these days. Let's stick with campus reform, folks, because there's more university insanity. Uh, there's a university researcher and graduate assistants at the university, the university of Cincinnati, which is in Ohio. And I'm probably a racist for pointing out that Cincinnati, the University of Cincinnati, is in Ohio because racism. But a graduate assistant at that university wrote that intelligence is a white man's mythology. The graduate assistant who has published academic research papers, probably written in Crayola, said that calling female smart is sexist. What are you supposed to call women? Dumb? Hey, yo, you dumb bitch. Is that more like it? You moron? I doubt this, uh, this idiot. I can't even, I'm not going not gonna to use that word. Uh, this story from also from Campus Reform, Ben Zeisloft, who's the Pennsylvania senior campus correspondent, wrote that stop calling your female colleagues smart or clever or brilliant. You wouldn't want to be brilliant for God's sake. Wrote Mel Andrews, who studies cognition and evolution and also, mass stupidity, apparently. It's sexist and infantilizing. It shouldn't be surprising to you in 2021 that women are capable of thought. Everyone's capable of thought, except for you, Mel Andrews. You're stuck in the swamp of stupidity. Uh, and you're drowning in stupidity. There's nothing sexist about saying that woman is brilliant. There's nothing saying anyone is brilliant in their field or maybe overall. Brilliant teacher, brilliant mathematician. What? That's a compliment. That's nothing but a compliment. How is that? How does that demonize or infantilize anybody? Infantilize. Is that a word? Infantilize? It is now. I just made it up. If these idiots can make this garbage up, I can make up my own language because I'm smarter than all of them put together because you know why? I'm not a leftist, therefore my brain has not been destroyed by leftist BS. He continues, though, Mel Andrews. Well, I'm assuming Mel might be a man. I need to look at the Twitter here, a little Twitter page that Mel Andrews has. He might identify as some of the other 89,000 genders we have now. Let me see, Mel Andrews, uh, it is a woman, so I guess it's short for Melanie or Melanoma Head, who knows what it's short for. Uh, she's an idiot, that's all you need to know. Her, her, <clears throat> her tweet reads, 
Stop calling your female colleagues smart or clever or brilliant. It's sexist. You would never, ever stress how truly bright Brandom is when recommending a spirit of trust. It should be surprising to you in 2021 that women are capable of thought. Saying someone's brilliant is far from saying they're capable of thought. Okay, Mel? It's simply a compliment. And I'm sure that maybe you're jealous, Mel Andrews, that no one's ever considered you brilliant because you're dumber than a stepped-on roach. You're doing the same thing, Mel continues, when you describe your black and Latino students as very bright. No, we should call them dumbasses or idiots. Hey, pinhead! Intelligence is a white man's mythology, a phantasmal concept, a non-referring term. A non-referring term. How about a non-functioning brain? Indicating that her post was entirely serious. Andrews posted an excerpt from a chapter that she wrote for a book entitled Handbook of Parenting. For God's sakes, if you're a parent, do not read anything this knuckle-dragging idiot wrote about anything. Seriously, if it's raining outside and she were to tell you you might need an umbrella, throw the umbrella away. That's how stupid this woman is. That's how impossible it is for this idiot to be correct. I'm in a tolerant mood. Have you noticed today? Idiots just, just make me angry. And speaking of idiocy, let's go to the state of Maryland. <laughs> Seriously, I'm sure there was a lot of great people in Maryland. Uh, but at Bearing Arms, <clears throat> uh, Cam Edwards, who does a phenomenal job up there, writes that Maryland has plenty of gun control laws on the books, including a ban on so-called assault weapons, universal background checks, a magazine ban, a red flag law, and a waiting period for purchases of handguns and modern sporting rifles. Anti-gun politicians in Annapolis think they found one more law that should be on the books, however. A new gun storage requirement that would criminalize those who don't keep their guns under lock and key. Now, Understand this, you're a responsible gun owner, yet the left would love to pass laws that require you, if you have, say, a semi-automatic pistol that accepts a magazine, for personal defense. They would have you believe that it's safer for you and everybody, that you take the magazine out, take the bullets out of the magazine, Lock the magazines up over here. Lock the gun up in a cabinet over here, probably with a trigger lock on top of that. And then lock the uh, actual ammunition over here. So you have to go through opening three to four locks if someone were to break in your home. You wouldn't have a chance to ever get everything together, load the magazine, put the magazine in the weapon, then, then go to work and, and defend yourself with the firearm after you had... Uh, uh, put around in the chamber. And especially if you have kids. And to be clear, I have a niece who's who's 11. When she stays over here, which she does quite often, uh, I still keep my firearms. 
I put them in different places where she will not possibly get to them. But I am still able to access them. And guess what? Since I don't have a degree in some of this college babble BS, I can figure out how to do that. Yet the state of Maryland, the liberal-controlled legislature there, they just can't stand it. They've got to have more gun laws. Uh, the current Maryland law prohibits a person from leaving or storing a loaded farm in, in a location where they know or should have known that an unsupervised child under the age of 16 can gain access to it according to the uh, state legislative analysis. Violators are subject uh, to a misdemeanor and a maximum fine of $1,000. However, this piece of legislation would repeal that prohibition, extending the policy to anyone under the age of 18. So in other words, if you have somebody, you know, a, a kid, you have a 17-year-old son, he goes hunting with you all the time, you take him to the range all the time, he's as proficient, maybe he's a better shot than you are, Dad. And you leave the, the firearm there where he can access it because you feel perfectly secure. He knows gun safety inside and out. He's going to be responsible with that firearm should he need it. You could get in buku trouble for that because the state of Maryland knows better than you how to run your own home, apparently. Of course, it's their duty to be busybodies. Delicate J. Sandy Bartlett told the Capitol News Service, it's a duty that we have to make sure our kids are safe. It also would increase the punishment to a misdemeanor with a maximum sentence of up to 90 days in prison or, or a maximum fine of $1,000 according to a state legislative analysis. Again, that state legislative analysis, very informative. The bill also establishes additional sanctions depending on whether uh, the minor successfully gains access to the firearm. So the, the minor doesn't even have to gain access. Some bureaucrat or police officer just has to find out that you keep a gun somewhere they don't think is, is safe enough. And your butt could be in jail for up to 90 days. In that case the violator would be found guilty of a misdemeanor punishable by a prison sentence of up to two years. I'm sorry, I was wrong. And a maximum fine of 2500 bucks. In the event that someone does gain, someone younger than 18, I should say, gains access to a firearm and inflicts damage on themselves or someone else, the prison sentence increases to three years and a maximum fine of $5,000. Now, if you are irresponsible with a firearm, and and someone gets a hold of it that and and goes out and commits a crime there's already penalties for that legally uh but again there's never enough laws for states like maryland never enough and as cam edwards makes excellent point here the bill is ostensibly designed to prevent juveniles from getting a hold of a gun and committing a crime with it the legislation would also block parents from allowing their children under the age of 18 access to a firearm to use in self-defense. In fact, as written, if a 16-year-old girl used her mom's handgun to shoot an intruder, mom could be looking at three years in prison. And 
would that be a wonderful world? See, this is where parental rights trump the legislation, or should trump legislation. And the common sense used by legislators to write these laws should say, wait a minute, at a certain point a kid is old enough, a parent should should have that authority left with them. And as Cam Evers points out, he's all in favor of uh, good on restoring your farms and a way to prevent unauthorized access. Absolutely correct. Uh, but this bill applies a one-size-fits-all standard that doesn't recognize the fact that many parents have taught their kids to be safe and responsible with firearms. Absolutely correct. By the way, I've said before many times on my blog, I want in school gun safety talk. We often hear from the left that, well, my, I don't own guns. I wouldn't let my child shoot a gun, but they might go to a friend's house and that friend's uh, parents may own a gun and that may lead to something bad. Well, if they take a gun safety course, they're going to know what to do when there's a firearm there. They're going to know the dangers. They're going to know how to responsibly handle a firearm. And that could well save lives. But of course, the same people pushing for laws like this one in Maryland, oh, they're aghast that you would teach gun safety in school. My God. They're all for safe sex education, but not safe gun legislation. By the way, I also believe they should teach situational awareness. So kids, you see kids, especially younger girls, walking around with their head face buried in their phone prime target to be grabbed by some nutcase pervert. Situational awareness should be taught too. It's very practical and will save lives. It will save lives. So will the course on gun safety. And the NRA has a great one. But of course the NRA is evil to the left, so we can't do that. And speaking of gun safety, it is one of the lies the left tells that not everyone has to do a background check. Well, that's for private sales. But if you buy a firearm online or in store from a licensed firearm dealer, you've got to do a background check through the FBI. Well, the FBI seems to be dropping the ball on these. Uh, this is from the Federalist, this piece. And it is a, a very good one. Joy Pullman wrote, wrote this piece. On March 27th, she writes, the, uh, the New York Times reported that Syrian-born Colorado mass shooter, I'm not going to say the son of a bitch's name to give him any chance at fame, okay? Uh, had been on the FBI's radar, radar before he murdered 10 people in a grocery store. The suspect's identity was previously known to the FBI because he was linked to another individual under investigation by the Bureau, according to law enforcement officials, the Times says. According to a police affidavit, six days before uh, this piece of filth shot 10 people to death, he purchased a pistol. That would have required him to pass a federal background check which is run again by the FBI. It seems the FBI is not very good at this stop being mass shooters thing. 
This is not an anomaly, Pullman writes. In the FBI's history, it in fact, it appears to be a pattern of negligence. During the Barack Obama presidency, Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky uh, grilled then-FBI Director James Comey about the known wolf problems. Of 14 Islamist attacks in the U.S. during Obama's tenure, the FBI had been aware of at least 12 uh, before violence erupted and did nothing. For example, the 2009 Fort Hood shooter who killed 13, the Boston Marathon Bombers of 2013, who killed three and injured 264 people, uh, and the Pulse nightclub shooter who killed 49 people and wounded 53 more, all were known to the FBI and several had been interviewed by the FBI before they went on killing sprees. The FBI also had been warned numerous times about the Parkland, Florida school shooter. By the way, in his AR-15, he used 10 round magazines and killed 17. Uh, the, the limit on magazine capacity doesn't do anything to stop mass shootings or slow them down. It also knew beforehand about the 2018 Nashville, Tennessee Waffle House shooter who killed four and injured two more. And remember the Nashville RV bomber from last year? Was that on Christmas morning? He was known to the FBI as well. While the FBI has been failing to stop terrorist attacks by known threats like these, it has conducted numerous political operations on behalf of Democrats. The ones that we know about include the crossfire hurricanes use of federal spy power to affect election outcomes and prevent effective governance by elected Republicans. That operation included spying on Fox News. In 2020, the FBI sent 15 agents to investigate a rope tied in a loop that hysterical people allege was a noose. Noose control. We need noose control. It was an assault noose. Uh, after a black NASCAR driver, Bubba Wallace, Mr. Look at me, I'm black. Pay attention. I want to be famous. And I, I saw a noose. Oh, my God. Uh, it was assigned a garage with a rope as, pull, as its door pole. Of course, just about every garage I've ever seen, garage door anyway, has some type of rope. Or, or handle, usually it's a rope, fashion where you can grab it. There's a loop there. You grab with your hand, you pull up, you pull down, depending on which direction you want the garage door to go into, boys and girls. And I guess if you really wanted to say it looks like a noose, you could, but the FBI got all over that pretty quick. But stopping mass shootings before they happen, eh, to heck with that stuff. To heck with that stuff. Yet you never hear this from the left. You never hear about how law enforcement, not police, but the FBI. Again, most FBI agents, phenomenal people. God bless them. When I say things like black, back the blue, it's all law enforcement, including the noble and brave people at the FBI. But there's some politicians in there that create problems, and their priorities are not what they likely should be. And to close, 
something I read about a, eh, a couple weeks ago, I guess. Um, it's called, it's a blog, uh, but this, uh, this person that runs the blog is very left-wing, which is fine. Opinions, are, you know, all, all opinions are, are free to be expressed in this country. The name of the piece is United States Guns. And this appeared actually about a week ago and right after the Colorado shooting. And the person who writes the blog uh, wrote that in 2017, the murder rate using any weapon in the United Kingdom was 12.2 times smaller than the murder rate in the United States. The major factor explaining this difference is guns. Guns. Well, it's funny when you, uh, and the source, house, source of that was a Facebook page called Views and Observations, uh, taking from the website viewsandobservations.com. Sounds more like opinion and not factually based opinion. The fact is, if you look at the violent crime rate, okay, or maybe just the homicide rate, since we're just talking about deaths here. The homicide rate in the United States, per, it's, it's measured in every country around the world per 100,000. Now, the, the, the United States is easily number one in gun ownership per capita. In other words, how many people we have, how many firearms are privately owned, that's how you get the, the per capita gun ownership rate in America. Runaway number one. Runaway number one. But the homicide rates, the United States is at number one, or in the top five, or even the top 10, or oh no, not the top 25, not the top 30, not the top 40 or 50, not even the top 100. So if firearms are the difference, and our, there are murder rate, homicide rate is way, 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 way down, over a hundred nations on this earth have higher homicide rates than we do per annum, yet we own by far the most guns and have the highest gun ownership rate. Something doesn't add up here. But the, uh, the person writing this writes, the United States of America has a serious gun problem. One way or another, most people know this. Although some are in denial and don't want to believe it or admit it, but it's true. Too many people are dying every single day tragically needlessly because of gun violence. No, people are dying needlessly every day because of thugs and criminals, many of which have been convicted of violent felonies and not had their asses thrown in prison for lengthy enough times. Too many have been allowed by lazy-ass DAs to plead down and face far lesser charges. That's why it's a dangerous idea to let people convicted of just simple marijuana crimes out of prison haphazardly because many of them are in jail because of those because they were, were allowed to plead down and not face the firearm charges because they were a gangbanger running around with a stolen gun or a legal gun. Why is it that Chicago has all these these uh, car extreme problems with carjackings in Chicago now? 
You look at cities like New Orleans, Detroit, and Detroit, many other major cities. Gun crime is up. No, crime is up. Crime committed with guns, crime committed with knives, crimes committed all over the spectrum. And it's not the firearms, it's not the tools. It's the thugs and the prosecutors who are more into social justice than actual justice. It's a people released on this idea that bail shouldn't be, shouldn't be really tough. You've got to have fair bail. You can't charge too much for someone's bail. Well, what if they're a murder suspect or a rape suspect? Maybe you can't be fair. No, no, no you, you can't do that. You've, you've, got to, you've got to take it easy on them. So they get out of prison, they get out of jail, rather, and they're awaiting trial. They probably don't show up. They probably don't even use the ankle monitor they're supposed to wear, and they go and harm more people. That's not the fault of firearms or people who make guns or the millions and millions and millions, tens and tens and tens and tens and tens of millions of, of law-abiding Americans that own firearms. Many of them multiple firearms. Millions of Americans own AR-15s. Millions of Americans own multiple firearms. Millions and millions and millions of Americans carry firearms every day in this country. And no, no tragedy ensues. Many more crimes are stopped. Guns are used many more times in self-defense than they are for crime. By the way, well over 90% of the time people use firearms for self-defense, they don't even have to fire the weapon. The bad guy sees a person they were going to victimize, a homeowner, a woman walking to her car in a parking lot, someone they were going to carjack, they see that the person has a firearm, and they choose not to pursue their evil venture anymore. The gun isn't even fired, it's brandished. And that's enough to stop many, many crimes in this country. Something the left will never tell you about. But this genius who wrote this continues when the Constitution was created in the 18th century. It was a different time. There were no smartphones. Communication was slow and the standing army was tiny. And many people lived in small rural communities or farms that were isolated and far away from help if something occurred. Well, still many people in this country do live out in the country. Uh, many of them. And what difference does it make if anyone had a smartphone back then? Do you expect Jefferson and Washington, Madison, the Continental Army to all throw their cell phones at the British? If you lived on a small farm in the 1700s, you couldn't jump in a car and go to the grocery store. Small farmers frequently had to be much more self-reliant growing a significant amount of their own food and sometimes hunting for meat. Also, if a criminal came to the farm, they couldn't call 911. In many ways, they were on their own because it could take hours or, or longer to alert the authorities and get help. Something else to consider, this genius writes, is that the muskets of the 18th century are much slower to reload and much less accurate than weapons today. Generally speaking, if you're accurate with a weapon, it's not the pistol, the rifle, or the musket. It's more on you. 
People always say, oh, this, this firearm is reliable. Good, reliable, built to last, great, ergonomic, great. It's also accurate. You know what is and isn't accurate with most firearms? You. And yes, the, the firearm will have a have something to do with it. I mean, I own one particular model of pistol I'm more accurate with than any one I've ever shot. Of all the ones I've shot, that one is easily the most accurate with. It's the sight, the trigger, my eye, my trigger finger all kind of go together perfectly or close to perfectly for me. Accuracy is is generally the person, the shooter, uh, not so much the weapon. Someone with significant practice, this blogger who hates American guns writes, could get off maybe three shots in a minute, give or take. In real-world circumstances, it was likely often less than three a minute. And finally, the United, the United States of the 18th century and early 19th centuries relied heavily on militias for defense because the standing army was tiny. In other words, the Second Amendment was written in another time when the circumstances were vastly different than today. So I guess this this writer would, uh, this blogger would say that, you know, that First Amendment, uh, you shouldn't have the freedom to say what you want or read or write what you want because it's a different time. I mean, the internet now, smartphones. It's funny. It's now the 21st century, they continue, in the United States has a large standing military, the National Guard, extensive police and law enforcement agencies, rapid communication, vehicles, planes, trains, grocery stores, and much deadlier guns. It's definitely a different time. What grocery stores have to do with this, I don't know. Something about grocery stores. Uh, but he continues on about the murder rate in the United States and comparing to the UK and Australia and things like that. And yes, there are a lot of countries lower the United States on a homicide rate. And there's a whole lot of countries greater. Many of those countries are in Central America where there is, there is no Second Amendment. Not only that, there is no right anywhere to keep and bear arms. To legally own a firearm is almost impossible in many countries. You want to know what country has more murder than we do? North Korea. Think they have a Second Amendment genius? No, and of course, the blogger here notes that they're not saying to make all guns illegal. But there are practical, common-sense gun control laws that can make a difference. Banning assault-style rifles from private ownership. Almost no crime is committed with those weapons. Knives kill more people every year. Blunt objects kill more people. And by the way, all these weapons, the knives, the sharp objects, the blunt objects, the gun, people will those who kill people. Ultimately, it's people. Restricting the size of clips is another practical idea. Uh, they're called magazines, okay? If you don't know that, you don't know anything about firearms. Again, no one needs a clip that holds 30 rounds of ammunition or more. It's not a clip, it's a magazine. Mandatory training and licensing would be a great idea. 
in order to drive a vehicle, blah, blah, blah. There's no, show me the constitutional right in our constitution, in our Bill of Rights genius that says you have a right to own a car or to drive. And by the way, cars didn't exist when it was written, right? So obviously, obviously, there's no comparison. There is no right to own a vehicle. The Constitution also didn't say you have a right to have transportation. Did it? No. And of course, they make the claim that many lives would be saved with common sense gun control. The fact is, the more and more people, since about the mid-80s, when more and more states have, have concealed carry or, or what is called permitless or constitutional carry, more and more firearms being sold, more and more people carrying firearms legally, and the, the homicide rate keeps going down. Now, the past couple of years, it has uh, gone up a little bit, thanks to the Black Lives Matter folks, Antifa and lax administrations that apparently didn't care if there was rioting in the streets. But again, here we... Here we are, folks, same old gun control lies, same old gun control arguments, and more and more threats. It's the left doesn't know anything else to do. There was mass shooting, gun control. Um, how about all these mass shootings that have taken place? Well, consider it. Gun-free zone after gun-free zone after gun-free zone. I still remember the story of the lady who worked, uh, what, two years ago was Virginia Beach shootings? And she had told her husband she was licensed to carry. She had her concealed carry permit. She had been trained in active shooter situations. She'd done a lot of training with her firearm. Uh, she was telling her husband about one particular employee that disturbed her, and she really felt like she needed to carry her firearm but she could lose her job because it was a gun-free zone. And the very next day, she had chosen not to carry her gun, and she was killed by a mass shooter, the same man she was worried about, the same man which probably a lot of employees were worried about, who was still there, still had access to the, the building and the people there. And she was using her active shooter training to usher other people to safety. And that's such a painful thing for her husband, I think, to probably deal with. If she could have carried her pistol and had it, would not have to choose between possibly losing her job or saving lives, including her own life. And she was disarmed that day because of a stupid gun-free zone. She's exactly the kind of person with training that could have very well been able to take the, the SOB out. Uh, of course, there's no guarantee to that. We all know. But I've often said, give me the opportunity to defend myself. I'll take that one every time. And as I've said many times before, I have defended myself with a firearm. And like most people who do, do that, I didn't have to fire around. The, the idea that uh, 
a would-be victim had pulled their weapon and pointed it in the direction of the guy trying to pull his little nickel-plated revolver out while he pulled his ski mask down behind the restaurant I managed at the time. Changed his mind and he ran away. And I'm glad he ran away. I didn't want to shoot anybody. I never do. Never do. But because of that farm, I didn't have to go through whatever, whatever that thug had planned. And by the way, the thug was white. Turned out he was a guy who worked for me. Uh, so no, the use of the word thug is not racial. So don't make it that. That's all I have, folks. My voice is going. If you're left, you just ain't right. Remember that. Remember to always pray for America. God bless America. Remember you can support the Delegator blog and the Delegator Daily Thought podcast with money. There's a link to my PayPal account on the Delegator and uh, Anchor has a spot you could donate to these podcasts. I do appreciate it. Good night, good afternoon, good morning. Whenever you listen, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you in a couple days. Might need to give the old pipes a little bit of a rest. I've done, I think, three of these in four days. But take care, my friends. Be good. Say your prayers. Eat your vitamins. My God, I sound like Hulk Hogan. Oh, well. Take care. Talk to you soon.